Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast on this beautiful Thursday, the 10th of March, 2022. Darren Mitchell here, and so grateful that you can join me for yet another episode. This one's a quick follow-up from the episode I recorded yesterday, where I talked about letting their long path be your shortcut, and that is getting prepared to be a mentee, getting mentored by somebody. And today, I wanted to flip the flip it a little bit and think about as leaders, uh, there's going to be times in your career where you're going to be asked to mentor somebody, and it could be somebody outside and mostly outside of your own team because within your team, you'll probably be doing some coaching. Uh, But I wanted to talk about this from the context of being a mentor and actually helping people take advantage of perhaps your long path so that you can create for them a shortcut. And it's, it's important that we recognize the, I guess, the responsibility that comes from being a mentor, but also the opportunities that it does actually create, not just for the mentee that you're working with, but also the wider team, but also think about your own ability to communicate, to influence, to get a message through, and whether you're trying to increase your, I guess, communication skills one-on-one or in group settings. When you're actually mentoring somebody and coaching somebody, it actually is funny that the concepts that you're working on, the principles that you're talking about, the communication that you're having, as a wonderful way of also playing out in your own career and in your own life. So I often talk about this when it comes to coaching and certainly from a leadership coaching perspective, often when I'm working with a leadership client, not only am I helping that particular leader become even more uh, a better leader and hopefully moving towards becoming an exceptional leader, but it's also helping me at the same time because it's quite cathartic. So whilst we're actually mentoring somebody else, we're actually mentoring ourselves at the same time. So in today's episode, I just wanted to talk about a little bit about the responsibilities that we have as mentors, where to begin from a mentoring perspective, what are some of the, I guess, the structures of mentoring that you can can have, but also thinking about what the responsibility sits in, in terms of what mentoring isn't, so that we can understand what potentially mentoring therefore is. And I think as I reflect on my own career, there's been a number of times when I've acted as a mentor and also as a coach. And look... I'm probably a little bit different, and that is I don't go to the formalized school of mentoring to the point where this is this is the framework, this is what you do. Uh, when I coach, when I work with clients, and certainly when I'm working in a volunteer basis and I'm helping people, whether it be within leadership, within their career, in some cases within the sporting realm, I'll actually combine mentoring, coaching, and training into the same uh, relationship because it's an experience all geared around serving that particular person and helping them maximize the potential they have and doing as much as I possibly can to create a shortcut for them. So they don't necessarily have to go through all of the challenges that perhaps we had to go through in order to achieve the things that we've achieved. So as I'm talking through this, I want to make it really clear that the mentoring that we do is probably going to be a combination of mentoring, coaching, and training. That's certainly how I do it. Now, if you're listening to this and having a different idea, that's, that's perfectly okay. Uh, take take from this what you will. But I just wanted to, if you're a leader who perhaps is looking to expand your influence beyond your immediate team and looking for opportunities where you can 
pay it forward and help others. And if mentoring is something that is interesting to you, then there will be some things in this particular episode that hopefully you can take on board and throw into your kit bag uh, for when the opportunity does arise. Because one thing I do know that if you're in a position of influence and if you've got an intention to continue to develop and grow, at one, t- at one time or another, you will be requested, you will be asked by somebody to be a mentor. And it might come from the unlikeliest of environments, the unlikeliest of requests, but you need to be ready. And uh, it's a great, great honour to, to work with people uh, because really when you think about this, it's, it's a voluntary thing. So most mentoring relationships are voluntary. Now, they can be short-term, they can also be long-term. So as a beginning, just let's just think about what are some of the different structures of mentoring that might actually exist. And what I look at is, is typically two different dimensions. The, one, the first one is to look at the length of the relationship or the potential length of the relationship that we're going to have in relation to mentoring. But then the other dimension is going to be what level of formality will that relationship actually cover. So if you think about that, the first, the first thing is you might actually have a very highly structured but very short-term mentoring relationship. So this is typically going to be a formal set up and it might well be that there's a mentoring relationship that's been set up in an organization that's going to meet very specific objectives. So it could be, for example, that a new employee has just come into the organization and they're going to be paired with a more senior person. It doesn't necessarily have to be a manager. They might be a subject matter expert. Uh, And that alignment is designed for uh, a quick start for the new employee to come on board. So it's going to be a short-term relationship but it might actually be very formalized. So there might be some specific topics that is going to be covered in that mentoring relationship. The second one is it could actually be a really highly structured but a longer term mentoring relationship. And this is often used in succession planning. Now, succession planning, not so much from the a sense of I'm going to identify somebody in my own team and therefore I'm going to mentor them. Well, you can do that, but what I'm talking about in terms of some wider plan where there's an individual that's been identified as a likely successor to their immediate manager. And so there's gonna be either somebody within the same organization but not in their direct line of management who's who's been identified to work with this individual. Or in fact, there might be somebody outside of the organization who through connections is a really good match for this particular individual who can start working on and developing a program, a mentoring program to help uh, fast track this individual's development so that they're ready when the time comes to take over their immediate manager's position, and it's it's it could be uh, it could be a position. Now, when I talk about succession planning, it doesn't always necessarily mean that it is based on promotion because it could well be their sideways movement. So it could be that the the person who is being mentored is actually going to learn a specific craft. Uh, there might be some specific skill sets that are lacking, or they may have been asked to take on or get prepared to take on a different function within their existing. Uh, remit of responsibility. So it's it's not necessarily going to be a immediate promotion, but in doing that, the mentor will prepare that person in terms of the breadth of the relationship and certainly the topics they talk about uh, to improve where they're at. And certainly that will lead to, just naturally, to an opportunity for promotion. So that, that's probably also going to be a fairly highly structured and probably formalized type of a relationship around mentoring as well. The third one is when you're going to have more of an informal and more of a short-term sort of relationship. And this is uh, what I often talk about being off-the-cuff mentoring. So there might be somebody who comes to you very specifically for a topic that you're known for, who just wants to have some conversations. It could be a once-off or it could be spontaneous. 
Uh, it could be for a short term, but it's not a, a designated time that you meet. It could be just once every now and then you're available to them to answer questions or to give them insights or provide them with the benefits of your experience. So often these uh, will probably not be ongoing in terms of the relationship. And in many organizations, in many situations, they're very, very targeted to one specific area. And it could be there's a change management program coming up or we're getting a change in terms of the sales methodology. So I need somebody who's got experience in a certain methodology, a certain CRM system, for example, uh, to come in and, and work with a group of people or individuals to help with the transition and certainly with the adoption of, of that new methodology, as an example. So it can be quite informal and short term. Now, when I say that, um, even though there's only four that I'm going to talk about today, there's probably a whole host of others within that. So there's combinations of all of it. So by all means, don't be prescriptive. It needs to be worked out between you and the individual as in terms of what works for each of you. So the fourth one is a quite an informal but a longer term relationship. And often this is referred to as like friendship mentoring. So if I reflect back on my own career, there's a number of mentors that I've had over the over the duration who I consider to be great friends. They're, we've got a lot of respect for each other, but we don't necessarily catch up on a regular basis, but I know that they're available uh, to me when I need them and when I when I reach out to them. So it consists of being available to people on an as-needs basis and listening and sharing knowledge. So it's not necessarily going to be you're catching up once a month or once every six months. You know that you're always there and you've established the framework that if they need something, then you're only a phone call or a Zoom call away. So that's the fourth one, being a, an informal longer-term relationship. So at a really high level, typically uh, mentoring relationships will fit into those one of those four key categories. Either it's going to be highly structured and short-term, it'll be highly structured and long-term, it'll be informal and short-term, or it'll be informal and long-term. So whatever works for you, that's the, that's the key thing you have to work out with, of course, the person you're going to be mentoring. Now, one of the things I often share with leaders around mentoring is what is mentoring not? So what isn't it? And this this sounds a little bit counterintuitive a lot of times because, and I'll explain why this is, but typically mentoring is not a training program. So there's not necessarily a stated curriculum that you go through as a mentor. However, the, the I guess the paradox of that is often a mentoring relationship will involve some level of training. So I'm often doing frameworks or providing some level of training to to people who I'm, who I'm mentoring because that will benefit the relationship and will certainly benefit them in terms of implementing what they need to implement. The other thing it's not is it's not a temporary worker program. So I often see this when organizations throw a mentor out to work with some people and sometimes this mentor see it as an opportunity and often they'll phrase it as a development opportunity for the people who they're mentoring to actually do some work for them. That is not what a mentoring relationship is designed for. And so at the beginning of any mentoring relationship, we've got to make sure that we establish the framework, the expectations, but also, I guess, the key principles that we're going to be guided by. And one of them is I'm not going to get the person who I'm mentoring to do work for me. Uh, that's not to say you won't set some challenges, you won't give them some homework to do, uh, but it's not going to be necessarily, it's going to be beneficial to you. So we've got to make sure we uh, we have a disassociation in relation to that. The other thing it's not is a social club. Now, funny about this, and I, I, th I throw this in with social club and it's not a friendship necessarily. However, uh, often what will happen through a mentoring relationship is you do develop a friendship that can often last beyond any mentoring relationship and there's nothing wrong with that. 
but we're not here to make friends. So as a mentor, your responsibility is to pretty much tell it like it is. And in some cases, give the feedback you know you need to give that will help that particular individual. Which means if, you're have a, if you have a friendship in the middle of that, sometimes it can be quite difficult to have that difficult conversation. But uh, you need to have it anyway. And from a social club point of view, yes, you might get together and have dinners and you might get together and have, um, have you know, drinks or whatever, coffees. But it's not, you're not getting together for the social aspect. You're getting together to improve that person's capabilities. And that's what your responsibility is to make sure you're driving that outcome. And so the other thing really is also not a transactional contract. So it's not about you know, what you're going to get out of it. It's about what you can give. Which means that as a, as a mentor, as a leader, you need to be really conscious of you know, why you're doing this. Why would you choose to be a mentor? Do you have the bandwidth? And as such, it's really important to consider a number of points before you enter into any mentoring relationship, such as, do you know why you're doing this? So somebody might have asked you to be a mentor, but when you think about that, because it does come with huge responsibility, but also it's a great opportunity as well, do you know why you're doing this? And can you articulate this, not just to yourself, but also to others so that you can actually make this commitment? Because it's, uh, it's not about... Uh, it's a, it's not about having a nice to have. This is a full-on commitment because you're investing in somebody else's uh, well-being and you're also investing in somebody else's future. So you've got to be ready, willing, and able to mentor others. So the other question to think about is, well, if that's the case and your answer to the ready, willing, and able question is yes, well, how do you know that you're ready to be a mentor? Are you emotionally prepared to invest time and effort? And again, how do you know? So this is not about changing and rescheduling appointments to suit your own schedule. This is about I'm 100% dedicated to this mentoring relationship, which means I need to make it a priority, which means when there's clashes, I'm going to make the mentoring the priority. And in particular, if this is a voluntary mentoring relationship, even more importantly, make it a priority. The next question to think about is, do you have the time, the skills and the freedom to devote to another person. Now, it's often been said that you give somebody who's really busy something to do and it always gets done. Well, that's true, but also think about a busy person in many cases doesn't necessarily do anything really, really well because they're trying to take on too much. So do you have the bandwidth? Can you actually dedicate the time you want? And do you have the skill set and the freedom to be able to make that commitment and devote to another person? But also think about from a personal perspective as well. How will this impact your work? How will this impact your family time? How will this impact your own time for your well-being, both physically and mentally? So all of these things have to be considered. And the final thing to think about really before you jump into it is, are you actually ready for such a commitment? And this takes, in many cases, a bit of contemplation, a bit of thinking. And what I've often done as part of a potential mentoring relationship is with my weekly reflection as I reflect on the week and what's working, what's not working, I actually think about, well, do I actually have the bandwidth? Do I have the mental capacity, but also the physical capacity to take on another person to help them? And once I've made that decision and once I've agreed with myself and verified that, yep, I do have that bandwidth and I am ready mentally, then it's full on. It is a full on commitment to that particular person because you are investing in another human being and it, it is such a privilege to to do that so as we wrap up this particular episode and it comes off the back of yesterday when we we're talking about being a mentee 
uh, being a mentor is such a privilege. It's such an honor to work with people and particularly when people uh, approach you and ask you to be a mentor to them. And it's it's such a, such a great opportunity to do that. And it's something that I will never, ever take for granted. So um, I hope that sort of resonates. I hope that helps. Uh, I hope that you're in a position where you can help others and take the benefit of what you've learned from perhaps people who have taught you and not just bottle it up, but pay it forward and give it as much as you possibly can away as often as you possibly can. And mentoring is one of the greatest ways in order to do that. And what's really intriguing about this is I often get a lot more satisfaction. (laughs) I probably shouldn't be saying this in the public forum, but I often get a lot more satisfaction out of mentoring somebody in a voluntary basis versus uh, coaching somebody in a professional basis where I get paid to do it. Um, And I I can't necessarily put the finger on it. And it's something I've got to keep thinking about as to why that might be. But um, I don't know, maybe it's just there's no there's no financial gain in it. There's nothing for me to get other than the satisfaction of seeing somebody significantly develop and improve and just see the eyes light up when they know that they're actually more capable than they perhaps have given themselves credit for. And, and that, to me, is is one of the greatest privileges of mentoring. So uh, I hope that resonates with you. I hope that is, uh, is received with the intention that it was given. And if you're open to a conversation about working one-on-one uh, with me, if you're ready to work together, like to work together, love to have a conversation about that. Simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time, we'll jump on Zoom, have a chat about where you're at and uh, see whether I can help you and together help you become an exceptional sales leader. So I very much look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.